Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason on Inside Sources. As the 2024 election cycle rolls on, there's a lot of nuances, a lot of things going on to keep our eyes on. Uh, The Democrats, of course, uh, picked up a big victory in a special election in New York this week. Of course, uh, replacing uh, the dismissed and discharged uh, Representative Santos. Uh, And so it was a big win for the Democrats and the Democratic Party. And we often don't overemphasize special elections. There's a lot of unique dynamics in those that don't always make them indicative of what the path or pattern is going to be during a particular election cycle. But there are some very interesting things that I think the Democrats learned from this special election that I think you will start to see deployed more nationally and in some of their other races around the country. And someone who's taken a deep dive look at that, Jared Gans, is campaign reporter for The Hill, covering elections on the federal and the state level. Also serves as a co-author of The Hill's campaign report newsletter. You want to check that out today as well. And uh, Jared, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Democrats definitely got a, a jolt, uh, some momentum there, and they, the House became even more narrowly divided. Uh, but give us a sense of what were some of the takeaways, what are some of the lessons learned on the Democrat side in terms of what worked and what actually gave them the victory? Right, absolutely. So for the Democrats, uh, for their nominee, they turned to Tom Swazi for their a uh, candidate who has now been elected to the House. And Swazi is someone who was intimately familiar with New York's third congressional district. He had previously served uh, representing that district in the House before. And so he was coming back. And a lot of Democrats really described him as exactly the perfect candidate who really understood his district well. And on top of the familiarity, uh, Democrats really praised his strategy in what has really become a big national issue of immigration, where Republicans were really attacking Tom Swazi for President Biden's immigration policies, which have been seen in polls as widely unpopular. But Swazi really was open to talk about what his plans were for immigration and to try to go on offense and challenge Republicans who were attacking him on this issue. Yeah, I thought that was uh, uh, really brilliantly done uh, by Rep- soon to be officially Representative Swazi. I guess we call him Representative-elect until he gets sworn in. Um, but I thought he did a great job of not just being against things and not just defending uh, with what th- what uh, was being tossed at him, but he did have a, a positive message in terms of, here's my vision for it, here's how I'm going to apply it to this particular district. Uh, give us a sense in terms of how he went on the offensive that way with that positive vision uh, and how that played in the suburbs, how it played in some of those other areas uh, within the district. Absolutely. So one of the key hallmarks, especially as the race was winding down and getting closer to Election Day, was he very much emphasized his support for the bipartisan Senate legislation that senators from both sides of the aisle had reached to try to address some of the issues at the border, giving uh, more operational control of the border to Customs and Border Patrol agents and give more authority to the president to be able to shut the border down if daily crossings had reached a certain number. And on the other side, Monty Pillup, who was the Republican, was opposed to the plan and had denounced it. And Swazi sought to take advantage of that, of emphasizing him and trying to position himself as uh, willing to make a bipartisan deal, willing to work with both sides of the aisle while denouncing Republicans and Monty Pillup specifically uh, for opposing this plan, which would have been the first uh, major uh, breakthrough in uh, border legislation in a long time. 
Yeah, I thought that was uh, really interesting uh, that uh, Pillup just went all in on the just we're against this uh, no matter what uh, view and, and strategy as opposed to Swazi really saying, look, there's clearly some bipartisan things. There's some things everyone agrees on. This would be you know, generational in terms of uh, the kind of difference in terms of border security and immigration. Uh, and that message just seemed to resonate uh, as you said, especially in those last days, give us a little description in terms of some of the other strategies that they deployed that we might see in other races for the Democrats. Absolutely. So with Swazi, on top of just immigration, he really also tried to distance himself quite a bit from President Biden. I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, thing we see of how Democrats are going to navigate this as we get closer to November. Swazi said that he was not going to be campaigning with Biden in the district as the election came and really tried to position himself as his running his own campaign and a willingness to uh, go against his own party for things that he disagreed with and tried to present himself as a bipartisan uh, lawmaker willing to work with people from all sides. And we could see that with uh, President Biden having low approval ratings on a number of really key issues here. Uh, there are Democratic con- congressional candidates throughout the year trying to find what is the right balance of running at the same time that President Biden will likely be running for re-election, but also trying maybe to not uh, tie themselves too tightly with uh, certain districts where Biden is not super popular right now. Yeah, I think that is going to be one of the most interesting <clears throat> political decisions for campaigns uh, during this cycle, both on the Republican side and the Democratic side. Uh, clearly, some of those are kind of keeping an arm's length uh, from President Biden, especially on some of those issues where, again, if they're in a more moderate district, that becomes the play. Uh, give us a sense uh, of other places where you see that might play out in, in some of the, again, some of those more moderate districts and how that might play with the Democrats uh, distancing themselves uh, from President Biden and where you may have some Republicans doing the same if the former president becomes the nominee for the Republicans. Absolutely. So something we might see both sides have an interest in doing. The third district where Swazi won on Tuesday, it's one of 18 throughout the country that elected, uh, voted for President Biden in 2020, but then they elected a Republican representative to the House in 2022. Mm. So these are really the key swing districts here. And with the House majority for the Republicans being so narrow, these 18 will likely be what determines who's going to win back uh, control of the House in November. So we could definitely have a situation where both sides in these swing districts are trying to distance themselves from the two likely party nominees who voters overwhelmingly view unfavorably and who do not they do not want them to be the nominees uh, going into November. And in New York specifically, the third district is one of five of them. So mm-hmm. New York could definitely be key for thinking about the fall. Yeah. Uh, this, and this is one of those ultimate think again uh, moments because normally, a normal presidential year, everybody would be drafting off whoever the nominee is. And uh, those down ballot races tend to go the way the, the presidential races go. Uh, and this year we may have a complete flip flop of that uh, in terms of uh, maybe the, the down ballot may be the winning spot, but the uh, up ballot might actually be the be the problem. That'll be super fascinating to 
watch all of that play out. Uh, Jared Gans, a campaign reporter for The Hill, a great piece at thehill.com today. Check that out, uh, Jared and several of his colleagues contributing some great insight in terms of those lessons learned on the Democrat side uh, in this special election for Representative Swazi uh, replacing Representative Santos there. Uh, much more to come on all of that. Uh, Jared, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Seth. Again, that's Jared Gans from The Hill. He's also the co-author of The Hill's Campaign Report newsletter. So if you're looking for a little campaign insight uh, that's going to be balanced, that's going to be straight up, that's going to get you thinking, oh, I wonder why they're doing this or I wonder why they're not doing that, uh, it's a great place to get it uh, because it's not going to be tainted uh, with all the hyper-partisanship stuff. It's all strategy, principle, policy-based, and that helps you see clearly what's actually going on. Uh, as Jared pointed out, uh, there's going to be so many interesting splits, uh, I think, this year where you're going to have candidates. Normally, candidates want to run as close as they can to whoever the presidential nominee is, uh, because that just is a, an easy space to draft. You get fundraising off of that. You get key endorsements off of that. But this year, I think we're going to see almost the opposite. You're going to have moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans who are going to run far away from their party's nominee uh, and establish themselves as independent, establish themselves of having their own agenda, of getting beyond just the back and forth between President Biden and former President Trump. Uh, and that will all be absolutely fascinating and make some very interesting politics and some headlines to follow as we go along. All right, we'll go ahead and we will step aside for some bottom of the hour news. Don't go anywhere. More inside sources coming up next. Stick around. <laughs> 